I think we so. all want to be loved how we want to be loved. Yeah. You know, it's not really love. We're just trying to give somebody what we think they want. Hmm. That's just. And it's it's made so much easier for that when that person tells us exactly what they want. You know? Yeah. So that that phone call was very. I appreciated that. Communication to... is hard. Why do you think it's so hard? Because there are so many things that trigger us. All of us are traumatizing one shape or form, many shapes or forms. <laughs> and yeah. all the fear and, and feeling of lack and, and lack of worthiness and all the shame that we have accumulated over the years, it just like chokes us, you know, chokes the words that we want to say to other people. and We can't really tell other people what we want to say. I like something that you mentioned to me earlier about um, because this, this, these fears, these traumas, what they eventually become is this sort of illusion that these things are happening to us right now, therefore choking us out of what we really want to say, <laughs> you know, are able to say. And you, you mentioned that there was, a, if, you, if you look closely at the demons in certain images, their chains are loose enough for them to escape. Yeah, so um, that's actually part of the knowledge that I learned from the tarot, the tarot cards. Mm -hmm. And one of the cards is the devil. Um, the Close card is the really. Of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna chase you out of earth. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the devil card is interesting because you see the devil card, there's the devil, and the devil has a bunch of chains. And you see these people behind the devil being chained down. But if you look closely, all the shackles are loose enough that the people can get out of the shackles whenever they want. But people choose to stay in them because they don't think they have the choice of leaving. So most of the time, these shackles that we have, like the shame and the fear and all these things, a lot of tools that we, you know, picked up during survival mode, you know, like maybe when we were younger and going through trauma, shit that we picked up. We kind of just stay in that mode and we can't get out of it. And those are the shackles that are loose enough that we can get out of if we just change our thoughts, but we don't because it's, but it's what's damn the hard. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the veal? What's the stop? What's the, because thoughts are the, 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 the initial point of any sort of action, right? Yeah. Action is just delayed thought. Right, but you, you also got to understand like we as humans, we're like just organisms of habits. Right? Like, we just keep on repeating everything. We're like, <laughs> we're like just programs that keeps on repeating itself on, on, until we decide someday that we're going to reprogram ourselves to, to our own desire. And most of us don't realize we have the willpower to do that. And we just kind of keep on running the same tape over and over and over again. No. You know, just like a habit, a thought habit. And... <clears throat> This is uh, sort of an obvious answer. When I say, so how can we change our thought? <laughs> right? Because just do it, right? Yeah. But what is it? And what's that middle ground that is so fucking hard to penetrate? What is that, that, that wide gap between suffering and freedom? And all that lays between it is thought. And how we cultivate our thoughts and how we understand what we're going through and, and through our self-forgiveness, etc. Like, what is that fear 
that we can talk to? Like, what is the conversation we can have with ourselves in order for those thoughts to go from these negative polarities to, oh my gosh, I have the power to change how I perceive this life in this instance? Mm. I mean, I feel like for me, it's definitely just been going around detours and hitting shit the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> is it like you know you hit rock bottom sometimes and you got nowhere to go but bounce back <laughs> it's just like the, the rule of polarity here you know like yeah. when you like it's, it's also just the rhythm like there's gonna be ups and downs but when you hit the bottom there's like just a natural tendency to bounce back nature and humans we just have this tendency of to, to balance ourselves out over time like going up and down up and down up and down but I think to your point there was like at one point in my life I was very unhappy and I think you know I was going to boxing and like somebody one of my mentors was telling me about like just the power of thought and you can just like think what you desire and then one day I just realized if I want to be happy I just gotta I just gotta be happy <laughs> If I'm not happy, I'm like, I want to be happy. Just be happy. <laughs> it's like, just think you're happy and like do some happy things and you're going to be happy. Just really act it out and, and just do the action. Move yourself to do the action. And you might ask, like, why is it so hard to, to, to do the action in the first place? Why? <laughs> to drop <so> bottom. <laughs> That's not a good answer. <laughs> what about I mean, you? What do you think? <laughs> I... I... It's difficult because it, it, it takes it takes really sitting with our trauma and our grief to me. And I think that's one thing that we're taught not to do mm. in our everyday just living. We're, we're taught not to necessarily show emotion, which is, um, I, I, feel, I have mixed feelings about that. I get it that we don't want to overwhelm uh, other individuals with our emotion, but our truth is our truth in certain situations, you know? And, I think there's a lot of value in sitting with ourselves with these emotions, but not overdoing it. Not not saying, okay, now I feel okay that I was able to cry for a few, but I'm gonna cry just to cry at this point. You know, because there's a there's a cleansing part of our emotions that bring us this new life, and through this new life, we're able to create these new thoughts because it's almost like these emotions no longer have the power over us because we're finally allowed to let them go. Yeah. Kind of like the shackles. Yeah. About crying, one thing that I read a while ago is that crying is, it softens your heart. You know, like it softens your soul. It's like most, most of the time you see these people who are like, just like tough and you know, like yeah. <laughs> tough as shit, but like they, they don't cry ever, but they, they have a lot of shit built up. It's like their, their heart is calloused and their soul is like, just like hardened in a way. Mm. But when we cry, we kind of soften these things and just allow different kinds of emotions and feelings to flow in, allow love and all that kind of stuff, that soft, soft stuff <laughs> to, <laughs> to flow in. I, I know that like, you know, for me personally, I have a lot of toxic masculinity as a as a female. <laughs> Please elaborate. <laughs> I think, you know, it's, it's part of just a function of me growing up in China and it's a very sexist society and when I was growing up it's um as, as a it's just really challenging because
people are so sexist and like growing up i always had this desire to to be strong like a man and like to to be this like a man to be like that like a man and there's like you know to be independent and not having to rely on men and so i think part of it is just me really <laughs> trying to overcompensate for that and i have mm -hmm. to learn over the years that it's okay to be so what was your perception me? of women growing up um my perception of women growing up i had a very toxic very 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 toxic mother mm. <laughs> and uh and i i think part of that just made me like drove me away from from my feminine side for a very long time i'm still like healing from that so yeah um, i I, somewhat, I can relate to that in a way that <clears throat> mother wasn't toxic but she uh her and my dad didn't get along mm -hmm. and so the masculine side of myself is something I had to understand and, and, and grow into the into the mature masculine yeah. because I I was confused as to what masculine role model am I gonna go after if the one that's in my life the most is one that I'm quote unquote not supposed to emulate yeah and that that, that can be really difficult as we're learning to grow yeah and become and we earlier we were talking about how we're all kind of creatures of habit, right? Mm -hmm. Like when, especially when we were very, very young, before like seven years old, that's like a very formative period where we're just absorbing everything. And if during that time, like all you hear around you is like, say your mom is saying like shit about your dad, that like those things kind of just get stuck in your head and you don't notice them and, and you keep all, you keep these, preconceptions or, or, or things toxic thoughts with you over time but you you don't even know that they're in your head you know and like talk more about that yeah it's kind of the, the lag of holding on to something that you don't know you're holding on to yeah it's because it's like all etched into our sub you can think of it like you know like the cassette tapes <laughs> you're trying to record something and then <laughs> And then, like, initially we were just blank tapes when we were born. And then the first seven years is kind of that recording period. And after that, most people just keep on replaying that same tape. And so, you know, like, like you said seven, that's a, that's a divine se reference. It is. Seven, like, human lives are kind of like in chunks of seven. Yeah. Um, seven years of survival. It also corresponds to the seven chakras. So our growth stages, like seven years of survival, seven years, the next seven to 14 is the years of di discovering like emotional belonging, love, etc. So going to the teen years and from, from 14 to, uh, to 21, you are moving up to the solar plexus chakra where you discover your confidence and your voice. And then moving up, like, you know, the, the next step, like 21 to 28 is where- You're fully adult and that's the first seven years pretty much like you grow into your heart chakra but like most of the time you know like human we we, we don't do that <laughs> most mm -hmm. of the time a lot of people a lot of us get stuck in in the, in the, in the survival seven, mode second seven yeah, yeah like you get stuck in survival mode you, you get stuck in like your second like your your sacral chakra where you're just trying to feel that belonging but you don't get it and you don't you can't move past it on, until you've satisfied them so you know you see a lot of like adults out here they're still trying to like break away from their survival mode or they're not even trying talk you know? more about it so, so what, what would be considered trying would this be 
therapy, meditation is like what how would because I as as someone who may hear this, yeah. as someone say I want to get better, but if all I'm hearing is I'm not trying, what mm-hmm. is my step? It's not it's not their back? fault that mm-hmm. it's like I think just being aware of the fact. Mm-hmm. And, and just observing, like, I, I like to do this practice is like stalking myself. <laughs> um, what you call it observing yourself? <laughs> you're with, stalking is a better word. <laughs> you're with you the whole time, so. <laughs> stalking yourself as in like, well, one thing is observing the physical self, just understanding, oh, your body is just a magical creature, right? Like, you can do all kinds of things with your body, and like, if you just observe it, it does all kinds of like, magical things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was listening to music once with my friend and getting high and <laughs> and then the like times. all of a sudden my, my eyeballs just started dancing. It was like weird. It was how like so tell beat. me how. Like was it was I, like as in like you know like I didn't even know that your eyeballs could do so many things. That's what things. I'm asking. Was it looking yeah. left and right? Was it going up and down? I don't, it, it, I don't like know it, it could it could move in different directions. It could pulsate. It could like soften. It could like that's harden. That's the first step of the seizure. <laughs> <laughs> that does not sound like a good time. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sound like you had control of your body. literally dancing to the beat. Okay. It was to the okay. beat of the music. Because that sounded concerning for a second. I was like, um... Yeah, it sounds like your body was surrendering control. And that does not sound like something very pleasant. But you're saying it was dancing to the beat. It was dancing to the beat. Mm-hmm. And, like, the mellow parts, it was, like, just flowing. <laughs> but, wow. Yeah, and then I, I realized your body is, like this thing that sometimes we consciously control it but most of the time like breathing and your heartbeat you don't consciously control them they're just magically doing their thing mm. and if you let go of control a lot of times and just let it flow you know surrender yeah surrender but the the the, the other side of stalking yourself um, which I really started doing probably around COVID times is stalking my feelings and emotions um, and understanding okay like if if let's say like somebody says something to me and I get really triggered just like sit with that trigger <laughs> I really just dig into it and see like why am I in fear hi bird <laughs> <laughs> for reference we're doing this we're doing this podcast outdoors <laughs> you're gonna hear birds helicopters me pouring water <laughs> all the goods proceed proceed <laughs> uh, where was I the stalking my emotions and, and feelings and like I started realizing like moments when I'm in fear moments when I'm just really pissed off and I just sit with it and try to understand like where does it come from and why do I feel that and most of the time like you, you kind of just trace it back over time and, and you realize like it, it it happens over time it's not like the first time you feel sure. anger and you're like oh this you know <laughs> this stems from this particular childhood trauma <laughs> I recognize my anger and I'll walk responsibly. Uh, 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 uh. You gotta just like slowly, but you know, it's it's like talking to yourself and being gentle with yourself. It's like... Why is that so hard? Um, I don't know actually. Why is it so hard? It's like if I treat myself like I'm how I would treat a really good friend if like if if i treat myself like how i would treat you i think i would treat myself a lot better (laughs) (laughs) it's it's it's, it's interesting right so what is that disconnect like i'm nice to everyone but myself why i think i think it's because you know like it goes back to our self-worth right Mm. 
it's like when we were growing up do, do we have an environment that supports that self-worth that that tells us that we're worth it that tells us that like we have abundance that we're loved that we have all these things mm -hmm. if you grew up in a very like loving environment you wouldn't have much trouble if you if you didn't have to struggle you would move like beyond your your survival or like your root chakra and beyond like your sacral chakra that <clears throat> connection those things faster and move on to the higher pieces but if you know like we grew up in in a very struggling environment and and i, I remember like i was talking to myself and i noticed um how much i hate wasting food it's almost like an obsession if there's like a tiny bit of food left even if i'm like extremely stuffed i would still eat it it's because when we when i was growing up it's just like we're so poor you and you have to food? eat every single grain of rice mm. and i would be chastised if i you know i would be spanked if i didn't eat <laughs> like that last yeah. fucking grain of rice wow. yeah wow. yeah and i read this book like a while ago that that made me realize that that's a that's a terrible thing for us thinking that we're saving food but at the same time it's literally just getting us stuck in that survival yeah, we're reinforcing mode. we're, we're reinforcing, reinforcing yeah. that our lack that we wow. we can't survive mm -hmm. it's tiny things like this and like it, it's this book um a tree grows in brooklyn i don't know if you read it but this girl like she grew up in 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 the in very poor parts of brooklyn and um she would like you know when they have a nice breakfast with like sweet bread and, and coffee she would pour half a cup of coffee down the drain even though they didn't have much and the rationale is that you know like you gotta feel that you are wealthy you gotta feel that you can waste stuff sometimes mm -hmm. and when you do that your mentality is one of okay i'm wealthy enough to do that and not that okay i'm so poor that i can't even waste a tiny bit of coffee that's interesting i want to talk about the concept of lack <clears throat> i see the concept of lack very much like the concept of uh disease or um, the concept of uh, not being able to to have yeah and disease to me is not necessarily an active force disease to me is like cold disease to me is is like darkness right those things aren't active forces they just don't have the positive polarity of what they need so, um, disease is just lack of health. Darkness is just lack of light, right? And so when I think of lack as a whole, it isn't aggressive. It isn't something that is pushing down on us, even though we feel like it is. You know, it is quite literally the thing that we don't have and we can say yet. Yeah. And when I think, and, but we, we go deeper into it, even in poverty, we see poverty as this, um, this this active force which it is man-made active but poverty isn't something that just is yeah and so there are these active forces that are propelling and taking away wealth not necessarily imposing poverty and so when i th when i think of lack in, in terms of what you're talking about it's it's almost like in in these moments of trauma it's not like these hurts were were were, were um what really took us away from it it was more so the things we didn't get during those moments yeah. you know it, are, are we really uh devastated that we were betrayed 
or is it that extreme lack of trust that's, that's leading us away? Yeah, they're kind of the same thing, but I get your point. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. It, it, yeah, and so I, I just seeing it from that perspective, does it make sense to you when I see when you when you speak of black? That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I mean, I also think like a lot of things that we see as negative or we see like you know lack or unworthiness or fear or shame i i think all the all of them serve a purpose right like most of the time i kind of see them as like an alarm system it's like your body or telling you okay these things got to be fixed mm. it's like if you have a fire in your house you, you would want that fire alarm to start ringing up <laughs> you know that's <laughs> and that's why sometimes we get angry or we start like getting really upset it's because these things like it's our body trying to protect us it's like defense mechanisms that we picked up that used to work in the day but no longer work and we can't shed them you know and it's like i i think a survival survivorship mentality is one of those things right like I, I, I thought this was a really interesting topic there's a lot of survivors and they're really proud of being survivors but they kind of get it like stuck in that stage when they when they think of oh I'm a survivor it's a very positive thing but at the same time you don't think Destiny's Child was <laughs> <laughs> philosophizing that song <laughs> excuse me <laughs> <laughs> but you know like when we think we're a survivor we kind of reinforce our concept of of like being in trauma or having that trauma we kind of just not we're just holding on to it and not letting go of it but once you move past that stage and just like no survivorship you just think of yourself as like a person with abundance with everything that you need and let go of that title of a survivor it's actually much easier to move into a space of abundance I'm thinking of um, the King Warrior Magician Lover the book that you ah. did right? I'm thinking of the warrior mm -hmm. when, it, uh, when it comes to survivorship right and the shadow side of a warrior the, the, the um, there are two sides of it of course there's the the two shadows I mean mm -hmm. there's the overly aggressive warrior the one that'll start a fight anywhere and because you don't know where I'm from you yeah. know like that, that 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 shadow of the warrior and then <clears throat> the the flip side of that warrior of I, I just don't want to start any trouble here you know I, I'm, I'm this I, I, I don't want to it's, it's, it's overly passive it, it, it isn't passive out of peace it's, it's passive out of I don't want to be uncomfortable yeah. situations yeah. and when you think about when you talk about people who brag about being survivors I think about the former you know it, because it becomes a badge it, it becomes this this thing of I'm I'm ready to to, to, to it sounds like a, a, it's a source of pride right almost. right and it, it, it almost sounds like a, a ready trigger yeah yeah you know? and that's interesting because we're talking about polarity here, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I've always thought that pride is the source of shame. Please so, elaborate on that. <laughs> as in, like, you can't really have shame without pride. 
you know, <laughs> this is funny because, <laughs> like, uh, a whole bunch of guys that I met on Tinder over time, so I'm, like, I'm a very honest and open person, so <laughs> when I start talking to them about things and, like, you know, when people have their proud moments and, like, things that they take pride in, and, I, like, I tell them how that's a source of shame <laughs> to, yeah. to them, and they just cut me out because they can't take the truth, but... <laughs> It might, I, I need to work on my delivery. <laughs> this podcast Anyhow. is a great start. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but, you know, like, when we are proud of something, it's, it's much more difficult for us to actually, like, think of, oh, I can grow in this area. I can improve this. I can, like, keep on working on it. We're like, oh, we're good at it. We're proud of it. This is our strong suit. And whenever somebody says we're not, we get triggered because we're in a place of shame. It's like, I'm supposed to be good at this. Why am I not good? And I think, you know, like this could be something like you, like somebody thought, oh, I'm, like I've always been super good in bed. bed. And then like, <laughs> you know, like. I don't need you to call me out on your <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Let's let's just another example. <laughs> no, you're you're speaking truth because mm-hmm. this 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 idea of supposed to mm-hmm. is, is so limiting. Yeah. Now, I'm supposed yeah. to be this. I'm supposed to be that. Yeah. It, 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 it takes away from our from a lot of our creative energy. And when mm-hmm. you talk when you talk about pride, it's kind of bringing it all together. Yeah. In terms of holding that pride so strong that we're just limiting what we can become yeah exactly if you think you're already good at this it's much less likely for you to 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 keep on growing right and it's like most of the time you see people triggered by the tiniest things it's because of their pride and so like if you don't have any pride you, you can't have much shame so polarities, they're all the same damn thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. I think about superstar athletes. You know, when they get done with high school, their jerseys are retired, they're, they're Mr. Football, Mr. Such Basketball. A good right? Yeah. And then they get to college, and everybody's Mr. Football, Mr. Basketball mm-hmm. in their hometown. Everybody has their jersey retired. Yeah. And you can go another step when they go to the pros. They're like every single one of these players were the best in their county, if not state. And those steps, as they keep growing, they keep growing. And as you're saying, it's the ones with pride they're gonna fall away. Now, is there this flip side of pride? Is there this good pride? Because when I when I look at, you know, again sports teams, they're like so and so pride. You know, team name pride. What is that? <laughs> what is that? Uh, you know? Luigi was just burping. I was burping, yeah, that's what happened. I was burping. So, because uh, uh, there is this, because uh, I, I think about LBGT pride, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think about that there, there's a healing quality to being mm-hmm. able to say, I belong here, right? So, yeah. are those two different prides? or No, they're, they're, so, this is the thing, right? Like, a lot of things work for a particular time or particular stage in our lives i I read like i saw this little parable at one point it's like you let's say you're trying to go somewhere in life you're trying to get somewhere place really far away and there's a river right here 
Once you got across the river and there's this little boat, you take the boat to the other side. But you gotta let it go before you move on. You can't just carry the boat with you. You know, wow. it's like one tool that you needed at that time, but you gotta let it go so that you can go on your journey. So a lot of times, like when we were growing up, like in order to survive, in order to 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 establish ourselves, like survival, and that that like we we develop a lot of like survival tools. We develop a, a lot of defense mechanisms that may not work for us anymore. So, for example, if we have like a really abusive parent, um, we might shut down at different times so that we don't get in trouble. We might stop talking because we think, you know, these things are gonna get us like, like whipped or, or whatever yeah. like happens to us. All these traumatic things, and we have to deal with it in in a way that protects ourselves back then. And when we grow up, and and these things no longer happen. We still get like have our old habits mm. of you know like shutting down, yeah. of cutting people out, or these things we just carry over. It's survival. like carrying, holding onto that boat, even though you're on land now and you don't need that boat anymore. Wow. 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 <laughs> a, I, I, I didn't realize that that was such a great analogy because that extra weight is so true you know we, we yeah we're expecting we're expecting just this tidal wave of ocean to just hit this land and we'll be prepared with this boat you yeah. Know? yeah and not realizing that it, we carry tools for certain like you said for a certain part of our lives mm -hmm. for a reason yeah is there uh so what is the trigger point what is that point in which we're like okay this is land this boat is no longer serving i think it like for for most people it takes time right like when you start realizing okay these people are actually nice for me you know like most of the time because we have that mentality of survival we see things through that colored glass right so you see everybody even though they're like nice and trying to help you you see them as oh these people are just not to take shit from me <laughs> or these people are like they're not really trying to help me they're just like trying to stab me in the back at some point or you know you have those lenses it's just if you just let go of all those preconceptions kind of like erasing that tape and re-recording recording over that tape <laughs> reprogram yourself wow. yeah but it's hard to do and most of the time it takes like it takes time our heart and mind, like is works very slowly so it takes a couple of years for us to realize oh i'm in a safe place now and kind of just the the, the the typical growth process and grow out of it but most people don't because it's easier to to be in that protected space yeah. and continue to be you know, living our old bad habits. This lime water is really good. Tony, I'm, I'm like, get, magic. give me some lime when I get home. <laughs> it works magic. If you like the, if you like more. Lime water. <laughs> Giving a plug to lime water. If you, if you like some lime water. <laughs> lime is um, is alkaline, um, so like when you when you uh, drink alkaline water or water with lime 
it actually helps your body get more alkaline. A lot of times, I guess it's, this is like just off topic, but... <laughs> no, it's, it, watch it come back to topic, so keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so like, you know, nowadays, well, Luigi is vegan, but I'm not. <laughs> I eat meats. And, and meats, when we eat a lot of meats, our, our body becomes more acidic. And like acidic environments actually is like a, a brooding ground for like bacteria and other things to, to like be more prevalent and, and more dominant. So, like, if you drink alkaline water or these things to try to balance your your body, it's it's um it helps like tackle like challenge the acidic yeah. environments that you have, and it's it's helpful for your health. Well, it actually does relate back because when you think about acidic environments, I was listening to a podcast by a gentleman who wrote the Midnight Gospel, or he's the producer of the Midnight Gospel on Netflix. I can't think of his name currently, but I just wanted to give him his credit. And he talked about that acidic state is what um, ancients called Satan. And we can call him Bob. We can call him John. We can call him. <laughs> but that was the word yeah. the ancient priests, the ancients educated called it. They called it mm -hmm. Satan. It was this force within us that uh, grew to a point where uh, it, 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 I wouldn't say it caused us, but through the path of least resistance, the easiest path to take is one that is not pleasant and helpful to the people who are around us. And as they said, the ancients called it Satan. Yeah. So, from a food standpoint, this thing is present, right? Do you think it's possible for someone to be acidic in terms of what they eat, what they eat, what they surround themselves with, and still be able to overcome that Satan, or is it start with that? Allow yourself to see what's going into your body instead of forcing yourself to be like, I'm not this person that's all acidic, and, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are what you eat, right? Like, literally, we convert food to ourselves. So, yeah. so like, you, you ate a piece of broccoli. That broccoli became a part of you at some point, so you're a part broccoli. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, so, if you eat, like, organic food and things that grow in nature and with the nurture of, like, the soil, with, with the sky, with the with the moon and the sun and all of those things, you're literally part sun, part moon, part, part yeah. like, the, the spring water or whatever that you, you had. Yeah. So, it is going to, like, make you more feel better and, like, get you more connected to, to, to the source, you know. So... You know, there's always a correspondence between the physical, between the spiritual, between everything. So, yeah, what you eat is really important. It's what you're gonna do. Yeah. Wow. Well, do you have any more thoughts? I mean, you've enlightened me today, so. <laughs> oh man. As you always do. Um, <laughs> well, but so much I, fun. I wanted but it's to. I always. Cold. Yeah, it is getting cold. <laughs> One of the reasons we're we're saying, you know, this is good, is because it's cold. <laughs> um, I, uh, I always appreciate every conversation we have, and I think it, 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 it will always same, help someone. Same, same. Yeah, I think it always helps someone to just hear the human experience explained to the best that we can explain it, you know, and just, and just be present within it, and I think that can, can help a lot of people. You know, <laughs> it can really help a lot of people, because it's yeah. helped me so much tremendously, and Ooh, we, as humans, we as humans are so you similar. You also. Yeah, we're so similar as humans, and, yeah. and so if it, if it can start with two, imagine how many more people can feel that love and that presence to become what they can become. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so any final words? Um, just be happy. <laughs> <laughs>
my final words, I say it on, on the podcast, I'm always on, I say, uh, I always say this in the end of my podcast, I say, uh, hug your loved ones, tell the people that you love, that you love them, and do your best. That is a good one. <laughs> do the action. Do the action. Yep. Do your best. Thanks for listening.